Everybody knows that if I'm wearing a jacket, then it's just the way it is. It's the way it is. So I was thinking back. Uh, Jim, you would remember this. If Alex is back in the room, he would probably remember this. But uh, I was uh, 13 years old, one of my first youth trip uh, with Crusaders. In fact, Jason, you, you may have been there as well. I don't remember uh, all who was there. But uh, we get down to the, the last couple nights of the week, and, and we were out kind of, I know me and Joe Sussel were out. We were going to go, uh, you know, kind of play some pranks on people and do different things. And so uh, the girls that, that week, Josie and, and Tracy Tillman, some of the girls that have been in the youth group, uh, they got to stay in these really nice, fancy dorms, if you will. They were kind of like hotel rooms. They had little balconies. And, you know, the guys, they just kind of put us in like a barracks. You know, we just had bunk beds. And, and, and in fact, uh, me and Joe had a real crazy guy in the other side of our, uh, he had some issues, some serious, serious issues. And uh, Jim, you probably remember that a little bit. But one night we're out there and uh, we're out in the woods. It's dark. You know, we're trying to get to some of these other cabins. We're trying to, you know, play jokes and pranks on people. And, and all of a sudden you hear this loud crash. Nobody knew what was going on. And next thing you know, uh, all of a sudden they're, they're ushering all of us. They're trying, all of the counselors are trying to get us back to our, our dorm areas or where we're staying and we didn't know what was going on, but we knew it had happened over in the, the ladies' area. And so Joe was uh, kind of freaked out. Uh, he was upset. He wanted to go check on his sister because his older sister, Josie, was staying over there. And it turned out what happened is there was a bunch of young ladies that were sitting or standing on this balcony, and they were down there talking to some young ladies down uh, in the parking lot area of this, this dorm area. And all of a sudden, the, the, the uh, porch that they were standing on broke free from the building, and it came crashing down. Now, the amazing thing about it is it, it didn't just drop straight down that you would think. Obviously, with gravity, you would think it would just drop straight down and may have landed on somebody. But it actually, it, it kind of rotated as it was coming down, and it, it missed a vehicle. It missed somebody that was standing down there. And, and thankfully, nobody was hurt. And so I was thinking about this. You know, a lot of people would say, well, well, that must have been luck. You know, it just must have been sheer luck that that happened, that nobody got injured, nobody got hurt. And that's really what I want to touch on today. I want, I want to touch on the issue of luck. And, and as a Christian, should this be something that's part of our worldview, our, our Christian worldview? And so that's why I have some different props. I'm a prop guy. I, I, to me, I need to see things. I, I need to visual, visualize things to enable to really sink in. And unfortunately, with my budget, I, I just can't, you know, make all these fancy props. And so I was kind of happy and pleased that, that it's not quite a seventh grade science project look, but... <laughs> It's about 11th grade. I'm getting there, you know. And as I build my budget, maybe I'll be able to get some more things. But that's what some of these things represent. And so it comes down to the issue of luck. Does the Bible say anything about luck? And so, Dad, I'm going to have you go ahead and click that first one. The Bible doesn't talk about luck, but it does talk about favor. Coincidentally, it just happens to have the word favor on the back of a Green Bay Packer Aaron Rodgers jersey. But it was just the number 12 and... Andrew Luck is actually a great quarterback that plays for the Colts. But, but does the Bible talk about luck? Is this something that we should be relying on? Don't go to the next slide, Dad, because these are a lot of different things from different cultures that, that a lot of times we put our faith in, if you will. That is the whole point of some of the things on these boards. I mean, you think about it with, with uh, um, St. Patrick's Day coming up. You think about the four-leaf clover. You think about a, a horseshoe is meant to, to give luck. I mean, some of the different things. Of course, you've got to have lucky charms on there. It doesn't come together without lucky charms. 
Some of the different stories. Ladybug. If, if you kill a ladybug, it's supposed to give you bad luck. What about the old saying, if you step on a crack, you break your mother's back? I mean, some goofy things that, that we, we come up with as human beings. Uh, even religiously, you see a, thing, a, a picture of St. Christopher on there. And a lot of people believe that if you put one of these, you hang one of these from your rearview mirror, or you, uh, you know, have a little statue of that, that is going to give you luck. It's going to keep you safe when you travel as well. Think about just crossing your fingers. Uh, the Buddha statue, if you rub his belly, supposedly you're supposed to get luck. That's a big belly to be rubbing. I don't know. <laughs> Even some of the different symbols from different cultures. There's a rabbit's foot up there. My, my wife couldn't figure it out. She said it wasn't a good picture because it was green. And so if you didn't know, that's a rabbit's foot in the bottom corner. And that's something that comes more from, a, from an African culture. It actually has ties into voodoo. People don't think about this. We, we do some of these things. We, we carry some of these things or we put our hope and faith in some of these things without even knowing the history, without even knowing what they're all about. And so it's important. A, a, great, a great quote from a man named Arnold Palmer who uh, was really the Tiger Woods of his time. Tiger Woods would go down as the greatest golfer, but Arnold Palmer, up until Tiger Woods came along, was the greatest and he said, he said this, he said, it's a funny thing that the more I practice, the luckier I get. <laughs> and isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? If, if, we, if we put the work in, if we give our, use our God-given abilities and put the effort in, you know, it, it seems that we get luckier and luckier. But is it luck or is it the favor of God? So what is luck? What is luck? Go to good old Webster's Dictionary. Luck, it says, the things that happen to a person because of chance. That accidental way things happen without being planned. That just things happen randomly for no reason. I mean, as a Christian, uh, to me, th- this raises red flags immediately. It just, I know that God is sovereign, which means he's supreme ruler. He's in charge. He knows exactly what's going on with all of us. And then to say that things just happen randomly by chance, like maybe if I just roll this dice and I get a seven, you know, maybe I'll win. But let's look at what favor means. Favor is a special regard for. Favor is preferential treatment. It's exceptional kindness or particular affection. And see, the Bible talks an awful lot about favor. We look at Proverbs 22.1. It says, favor is better than silver and gold. I don't know about you guys, but I love gold. So if favor is better than gold, I want to get some of this favor. Right? There's so many different things. That it talks about Psalm chapter 5, verse 12. It says, For you bless the righteous, you cover him with favor. Luke, the first chapter, verse 30. It says that Mary found favor with God. Luke chapter 4, 17 to 19, talks about proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. And then if you really want to, if you got about an hour this afternoon, if you want to read Psalm 119, there's 176 verses. That's why I didn't put it up here on the screen. But the whole thing talks about the favor of God. And, and, and I want you to understand something today. God doesn't have favorites in the sense that we think of it. Uh, you, you know, like I have a favorite team or, or a favorite baseball player, favorite football player. God doesn't have that in the sense that we think of it. But you can have favor of the Lord. You can grow in that favor. You can have this as part of your life, and it will change your life radically. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. Thank you for an opportunity to to share your word, Lord, and I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would have your way.
You would touch the hearts that you would give me the words to speak. And that you would be glorified above all else. In Jesus' name, amen. If you look at 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 26, young Samuel says, Now the boy Samuel continued to grow both in stature and favor with the Lord and also with men. You kind of have the tag team right there. You can grow in favor with the Lord and men at the same time. That is a recipe for success. So favor is not just something that just, you know, we have it or we don't. It's something that we can actually grow in. Well, how do we grow in favor? And we'll get to that. But we can also receive judgment and reproof. If we look at Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 12, it says, Are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? We shall not die, O Lord. You have ordained them as a judgment, and you, O Rock, have established them for reproof. And so you've got to understand that God is sovereign. That's where the whole thing starts. And that's a whole other message in and of itself. But I challenge every one of you to study that, to learn what that really means. Maybe down the road here we'll be able to get another time slot. Maybe I'll be here. I'll be able to put together a message about the sovereignty of God. But you've got to understand that above all else, he is supreme ruler, and he knows what's going on. He knows where you're at. Now people will say, well, you know, sometimes, you know, he ordains different, different things to happen, and that's true. But many times, many times it's because of our own choices, good or bad, that they, we then reap the consequences or we reap the rewards. There's many times where you pray for something and it's not directly against God's will. There's nothing that says anything about that in the Word. So you're like, I don't know what to do. Really, the Lord telling you, hey, you know what? You, you go a path. As long as it lines up with my Word, as long as it honors me, then you know what? I'm going to honor you. And you ask for favor and you go. And so sometimes our choices bad choices that we make, we, we deal with consequences. Now we say, oh man, the Lord is punishing us. What is this? What is that? Could be, could not be. But many times I want you to understand that it's not God always putting these things on you. A lot of times it's us. He, he, he gave us dominion. He gave us the authority. We need to walk out in it. Sometimes people say, well, you know what? I know this is wrong, but God will forgive me. And I just want to warn you, that's a very dangerous, dangerous attitude to have. Because sin affects you. It affects your heart. It affects the way you live life. And it will change your heart. And the big point that we need to understand is the same God that is love, He's also holy. We can't neglect that. We can't look past that. And so how do we, how do we get this thing called favor? How do we have this in our life? Well, first of all, the number one thing, the most important thing, is, is, is you don't have an opportunity to receive favor unless you first receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So there's a lot of people that are religious, especially, uh, especially where we live here in, in Wisconsin. A lot of deep traditional roots. I bet you many of you probably knew exactly what that St. Christopher statue represented. And so there's a lot of people, I was just talking to somebody yesterday, that a friend of, of mine and Deanna's that was saying, you know what, there's people that, that love other people and they show love and you know what, they, they do all these things. I said, this and it's great, but without a relationship with Jesus Christ, those things don't matter. It doesn't mean anything. It, you're living out of religion and I'm telling you, it will get old very quickly without having that relationship. And so to, to, to receive that favor, first and foremost, you have to receive the Son, the one who gives the favor, and that's Jesus Christ. 
And it's done so simply. It's just saying, Lord, you know what? I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Be my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. Change my life. Listen, you become a child of God. You become born again. And you receive the favor of God. Because listen, now you don't have to endure that place called hell. That's the biggest favor that we can get from God. (laughs) Is not having to endure hell. But the number one thing, how we can seek God's favor. When you seek His wisdom and you live by it. We look at Proverbs chapter 8, verse 35. It says, Forever finds me, finds life, and obtains favor from the Lord. It ties right in with that. Have you found the Lord? Have you, have you started that relationship through His Son, Jesus Christ? Because that's the first step. That's where it all starts. That's where it initiates. You can be religious until you're blue in the face. But until you surrender your life and, and, and give your heart to Christ, you can't have the favor of God. Second thing is when you seek to do good for its own sake and not just when it's in your best interest. Proverbs 11, verse 27 says, Whoever diligently seeks good seeks favor. Is it something that you always try to do? Are you always trying to do your best? Are you always trying to strive to do the right thing in the eyes of God? Or is it just something that you turn on when the boss is looking or, or when you're at church or maybe when you're around other Christians? Or is it something that just genuinely flows from your life that you're always trying to do because it's a big difference in the attitude of the heart? But if we want to receive that favor, we have to diligently seek good. The third thing is found in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 19 to 20. When we patiently endure wrong treatment in order to honor Christ... We receive favor. First Peter chapter 2, as I said, For this is a gracious thing, when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is, if, is it if, when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, that is a gracious thing in the sight of God. You know, we, we expect to get punished for doing wrong things. We expect to have to deal with the consequences of doing wrong things. But one thing we don't expect is to get persecuted for doing the right thing or to be talked about for doing the right thing or, or, or to be criticized for our faith in God. But listen, I want you to know when that happens, take heart. Know that favor is coming your way. God's going to grant you favor for dealing with that, for having to, to go through that, to endure that. It's not luck, it's favor. The fourth thing we can do to receive favor is when we intercede for one another. 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, verse 11, says, You also must help us by prayer, so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. So by being an intercessor, by by praying for other people, you can receive the favor of God on your life. By, by you trying to bless somebody else by going before the throne on their behalf, you receive favor. The fifth thing that allows us to receive favor, when we honor God by honoring His Word. Isaiah 66, verse 2, says, All these things my hand has made, and so all these things come to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look, he who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. One of the biggest reasons 
why Americans especially have such a, a poor biblical worldview is because we don't spend time in this right here. We, we don't take the time to read to find out what God's heart is on these issues. And so we either follow the crowd or we follow newspapers or textbooks or different things. But we don't get to the heart of what God wants and his worldview. Not any politicians, not, not, not any agenda, but God's. So you want to receive favor? Hey, become somebody who's in the word all the time. As much as you can. Be somebody that gets into a Bible reading plan. That every day you're trying to spend time in God's word. That's how you receive favor. This is not a new concept. The Old Testament Jews, they knew how to seek favor. And they understood the concept of favor. There's 120 occurrences of favor in the Bible. And listen to this. There's 12 different Hebrew words that are translated into the word favor. Not something that we should just overlook. It's something that we should look for to, 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 to try to gain as much of it as we can, but it's also something that we need to know about. Interesting thing that I found is the Eskimos. I think we're all pretty familiar with what an Eskimo is. Uh, somebody that lives in very, very cold areas. You can probably picture them right now. We all have our stereotypes of what an Eskimo might look like. Big furry hood, you know, and probably dragging some whale blubber around or something like that. But something that's really cool is the Eskimos have ten different words for the word snow. I mean, we're, we're not unfamiliar to snow. I can see snow banks from right here across the street. But you think about it, we really maybe only have one or two words for snow that we might be able to come up with. But the Eskimos have ten different words for snow. And so, okay, great, they have ten words for snow. What's your point? My point is, if something means that much to you, you will find many different ways to describe what it is. And the Jews did that by having all their words for favor. It takes many words to describe something that is important to you. If I was to sit here and try to describe my wife to you, we'd be here till you know, next week. There'd be a lot of different words. I'm not a man of many words, but... I have a dictionary hidden back behind the stage. <laughs> but it's something that we need to strive for. It's something that we need to try to do to honor God. And when we honor him, listen, he honors us with his favor. You're looking for that promotion. You're looking for that raise at work. Listen, you're looking for that breakthrough in a relationship. You're just like, God, I'm banging my head up against the wall. And we put these things into practice and we just seek God. And we honor him and we live by his word. We do our best to, to be obedient. Not having the attitude of, oh, I'm just going to do what I want to do because God's going to forgive me anyway. But when we really try and put our nose to the grindstone, really try to live for God and live the way he wants us to, then listen, the favor of God comes on your life. I'm not saying that your life is going to be daisies and roses and everything is going to be perfect. But there are things that will be easier in your life. There will be things that just come like, man, wow, how did this happen? It's the favor of God on your life. Listen, he's a good God. He's a good dad. Listen, when my son does something good, I want to I bless him. I want to honor him. Unfortunately, I kind of do that even when he's bad sometimes, too. You can ask my wife. I'm, <laughs> I'm learning that process yet as a father. 
Got to learn to say no sometimes. But listen, God's the same way. He loves you. He, he wants to give you these things in life. But He is a just God at the same time. As I said, we obtain favor by initially by accepting Christ's death on the cross on our behalf. If we look at Jeremiah 27, verse 5. It says, It is I who by my great power and my outstretched arm have made the earth with the men and animals that are on the earth, and I give it to whomever it seems right to me. That's the sovereignty of God right there in, in that scripture. He has it all. He owns it all. And he can give it to whoever he wants. And believe me, he wants to do that to us. He wants to bless us. He wants to honor us. But he also wants us to chase him for him and not chase him for the gifts. When we have that that true relationship of just wanting to be in God's presence just because he's our father, that's when you will see the favor come on your life. That's when you will see things happen in your life by the grace of God. It's not a prosperity message. It's not trying to go for the hand of God. It's going for the heart of God. And as you do that, that favor will come on your life. We need to follow him as the Lord of our lives and by the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to reverence God and pursue his favor by living a life pleasing to him. And here's a very, very important point. By pursuing the favor of man, we can actually forfeit the favor of God. We have to decide what is more important. Sometimes we're so wrapped up in pursuing that favor of the boss or or our neighbors or family members, we get so worried about getting their favor that we will forfeit God's favor because of some of the decisions in our focus. And so it's, it's not about all these different tokens. It, it, it's not about what month you were born in that all of a sudden gives you certain characteristics or gives you luck on certain days or certain parts of the month. It's Christ and Christ alone. It's His favor that has these things happen in our life. It's not some fat man statue that we rub. It's not rolling a pair of dice to get a seven. It's not even crossing our fingers. Those things don't matter. God is the one who gives a favor. So I challenge you today, it's not good luck. If I had a dollar for every time I, I heard somebody in the church say good luck as I was going up on the stage to break bricks, I, I'd... I'd have a really nice house right now. <laughs> and people mean well. I understand that. I'm not here to bash you over the head and say, well, if you say good luck, you're going to hell. No, I'm not saying that. But what I am challenging you is to make sure that we have a biblical worldview about this and not just following what the world does. I, I don't believe in luck. I believe in grace, the grace of God, the favor of God that can be on your life when, when you live for him. When you honor him, let's pray. Father, I'm so grateful. So grateful of your son, Jesus, that you sent. Man, the greatest favor of all 
that we could ever receive is, is becoming a child of God. Or we know that we're not born that way. We're born in, in your image and likeness. But you've given us all the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And when we do that, we, we receive the favor of God on our lives initially. Lord, your word is very clear that, that you have many great desires for us. You have many great plans for our life and things that you want to do through us and for us and, and for the kingdom of God as a whole. But Lord, you've given us free will. You've given us the opportunity to, to live for you or to live for ourselves. You've given us the opportunity to receive favor. And so, Lord, I, I pray that this just uh, is implanted in our hearts, the concept that you are in control of everything. Nothing happens that you're not aware of. You're the supreme ruler. Or sometimes we get in a mess because of our own decisions. It's not necessarily your plan that you had for us. But you love us anyway. Help us all to get on that right track to, to really become on fire for you. And for those of us that are in here, Lord, that maybe don't even have that relationship with you. Maybe, maybe we've gone to church for so many years, but we've never, never actually put that action to our faith. We, we've never actually said those words of, of, Lord, I want you to be my Savior. We've never made that profession. Lord, I pray that today is the day that they would do that. That they would go from being religious to actually having a relationship with you. Because that's what it's about. That's where it all starts. That's where the favor of God starts. It's by having that relationship with you. So Lord, I pray for every person in this room, Lord, that you would bless them this week. That you would give them favor in their lives as, as they press in, as they seek to obey you, as they seek to live for you and, and to be a light that shines for you. That you would give them favor in all different areas of their, their lives. Lord, restore relationships. Restore marriages, Lord. Heal body parts. Lord, give us, give us increases in our job. Not for our benefit, but for the benefit of the kingdom of God. That we could do even so much more in this community that you've placed us in, Lord. Lord, we want the favor of God. And we thank you for it this morning. We love you, Lord, and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. And so listen, the whole favor thing starts with a relationship with God. And so I'm not going to go through the whole raise your hand, do this kind of stuff. We don't have to do all that. The Bible says, Romans 10, 9, that if you believe in your heart that Jesus is the Lord and you confess with your mouth, you become born again. And so I'll be up here. I know, uh, I know Mark. I think Jim will be up here as well afterwards. And so maybe that's you. Maybe you say, you know what? I've gone to church and, you know, I... I think I had that, but I, I don't know for sure. Well, listen, just come talk to one of us. We'll pray for you. And you can be assured, walking out of the doors today, that you're a child of God. You're born again. You're not religious, but you have that relationship with God. Because until you do that, that favor of God can't come on your life. So I know back there there's all kinds of uh, Starbucks stuff. And I guess it is a day old, Jim, but it's still pretty good. Not necessarily good for you, but... It'll be good. So think about that this week. 
Think about that the next time you have a close call. Think about that next time you're watching sports. There's so many times for sports where you, oh, that was a lucky shot. Oh, that was a lucky guess. That was a lucky this. Is it? Or is it the favor of God working in that person's life? Make sure you have that biblical worldview. Father, we love you. We praise you. Lord, and I just pray uh, for blessings on everybody as we go from here. Keep us safe, Lord. Put people in our paths that we can share the message of the gospel with. In Jesus' name, amen.